friend. Welcome to episode 32 of Sally's Performing Arts Lab podcast. Today, I'll talk with musical theater performer and Tulsa Cabaret producer, Pat Hobbs. Every day I gotta stop for a minute Think about how good my life is with you in it Every day I wanna stop and think about you I'll talk with musical theater performer and Tulsa Cabaret producer, Pat Hobbs. I'm your podcast host, Sally Adams. Every week, I talk to people about creating original work for a live audience. Send an email anytime to sally at sallypal.com. Your ideas keep great conversations coming every Monday evening. Check out sallypal.com join for the free 20-page theater resource. I'll soon have Creator's Notebook insert number two on scheduling available. In the meantime, you can listen to last week's show, episode 31, about scheduling for your production. It's never too late to sign up to have access to the Creator's Notebook inserts. I'm interested in knowing what creators need as a performing arts resource. Do you need more information about venues? Do you want to know how to put butts in seats on the cheap? Would you like to connect with other creators? Do you need more practical tips? Do you want to know how to manage the imposter syndrome most of us deal with? If there are things you want included in the Creator's Notebook, let me know by sending an email to sally at sallypal.com. I read them all. I really do. Be sure to listen until the end of the interview for concise advice from the interview and Words of Wisdom from George. Pat Hobbs is old school. He always says please and thank you. He speaks with an East Texas accent. My grandmother might have said he's generous to a fault. Pat is a longtime player in the musical theater scene in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's played the Tin Man, the Governor of Texas, a shady lawyer, a drag queen, a wealthy socialite, and a two-bit gangster. But Pat's favorite role is that of song stylist. He has a love of the American songbook that opened doors to the cabaret stage. Pat has recently created several cabarets just to have an excuse to sing his favorite songs. His shows became sold-out events. Pat has a long list of fans, including me. You can find out more about his shows on his website, www.wpathobbs.com. He's used cabarets to showcase new talent and support his favorite causes. Although he retired from his 9-to-5, Pat Hobbs is hardly retired. He and his husband John and their two Westies lead very busy and musical lives. John is also a musical theater performer. On Saturday, February 10th, 2018, from 6 to 10 p.m., Pat is producing a new cabaret show called Spectrums of Love. The show is a fundraiser and celebrates the official opening of the new Lynn Riggs Black Box Theater at Oklahomans for Equality, the OKEQ Center, at 621 East 4th in the East Village of Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you need more information, visit www.okeq.org. Because he loves old-school jazz and musical theater, Pat works hard to interpret numbers with authenticity. He mentions a story about cabaret singer Marilyn May on CBS Sunday Morning. There's a link to the story in the show notes. Pat also created the website which features some of his own song stylings. 
And here are a few clips from Pat's cabaret performances. Welcome to Sally Pal. Well, thank you. It's fun to be here. I'm so glad you were able to do this interview with me. We didn't really get to know each other until several years ago when we did Best Little Whorehouse in Texas with Theater Tulsa, and then World Goes Round after that. And that was a lot of fun, but I think that may be the only time we've ever been in any big shows together until we did Legally Blonde. Until we did Legally Blonde, yeah, and that's when you got back in the scene, too. I know. I don't get on the boards like I used to. Just because all that memorization is tough. Yeah, it, and, and it gets even worse the older you get. I've struggled with that. It's one of the things, you know, I, I had an appointment with Tom Berenson the other day. And, you know, Tom will admit that he is a spry 75-year-old, but it just gets harder and harder and harder the older you get to remember these lines and remember the lyrics. Well, they say that you trade your short-term memory for wisdom, and I suppose that's a decent trade. <laughs> wisdom and experience. Right. And speaking of experience, you have so many irons in the fire. Tell me about some of the projects you're working on, and then let's talk a little bit about your process. I'm emceeing a program tomorrow night. It's called The Old Broad's Way, and it's women of a certain age here in Tulsa who have decided that they want to perform. And a week after that, I am producing and being featured in the opening of the brand-new Lynn Riggs Black Box Theater at the Oklahoma Fur Quality Center 
here in Tulsa, and it's a brand-new black box theater. It's a, um, a nice little fundraiser we're having, 125 bucks a ticket. You get a champagne reception, a four-course dinner, and then a nice little cabaret show featuring some of Tulsa's top musical theater folk for about an hour 20 in the vein of 54 Below cabaret style in New York. You and I have worked on projects not as actors but in other capacities for the Equality Center. Yes, this is a wonderful brand new facility. Uh, It was completed back in November, but this is the official grand opening. And we're really looking forward. In fact, Theater Tulsa has already made inquiries into using the space for some of their off-season productions. They're calling that Theater Tulsa After Dark still? I don't know how what they're calling it now, but uh, okay. it's, it's not part of the regular season. It's just stuff they want to do off-season. I love that people are starting to do more and more of those small venue shows because I think that's a way to get people in the door who might not go and see a big expensive show, but they want to see what live theater feels like. Yes, and it keeps your costs down because the rental at a theater at the Performing Arts Center is just astronomical. And, uh, and the rent here at the Black Box is just very reasonable. And you can try new things. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know how to fix it, you know? It is a tough thing. I know with the Spontaniacs, when I was with the improv troupe, we really struggled with finding a space that was small enough for what we did because you don't want to be swallowed by the venue, but also inexpensive. Um, and and the, other, the other space here in town now is the American Theatre Company. I say American Theatre Company space. They've renamed it. It's called Studio 308, and they have a lovely performance space that seats about 100 to 120, and uh, a nice stage. They've got a lighting system. They've got a sound system. In fact, that's where we're doing the old broads way. And the uh, owners of the facility, the way they elect to do it is we'll just split the house with you. You know, if you have 10 people show up, you both lose, but if you have 100 people show up, you both win. <laughs> well, it certainly encourages you to work a little harder to get butts in those seats. To get the, Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to price yourself out either right. because one of the things here in Tulsa is working at the Performing Arts Center, you have to price your tickets so high in order to even break even because of the cost that this makes the tickets more affordable, especially for theater folks who want to go see their uh, co-actors and co-performers. Well, is the 308 venue, is that named after the address? It's 308 South Lansing, and the Quality Center is one block away on Kenosha. Oh, my gosh. That's so convenient now. We're creating that little arts area. Arts district there in in the Hodges Bend area, and there's plenty of parking, and it's secure, and the black box will be a nice little addition to that area. Isn't that exciting? I'm real excited. (laughs) And, you know, that could be something where you would actually create more cabaret-style shows, which I know you have experience doing. Yeah, I've done I've done three here in the last couple of years, and I think you were at my first one. I loved it. It was wonderful. We moved right after, so I didn't get to see the other two. Everything evolves. You know, you take the best of this one, and you think of something new to add to it. And, and you know, we talked a little earlier about aging, and that's one of the things that, that uh, has interested me in doing these cabaret shows is that, You know, even though the theatrical roles are few and far between, I can take what I like to do, which is songs from the American Songbook, Broadway, and and jazz, and be able to create my own show, even though it's a one-person show, to get out there and continue doing what I love to do. And say more about pulling the old favorites out and recreating them. How do you do that? 
How do you make them yours? Yeah, make a list. The last show I did, we made we made a a three column list: songs that I just have to do in this next show, songs that yeah, you know, I'd like to do, you know. And then the third list is well, if everything else is scrapped, what would you do? And we ended up taking songs from all three columns and uh, putting them together. And and really, you have to analyze the lyric. There was a marvelous uh, segment on CBS Sunday, last Sunday, with Marilyn May, and write part of the script and then throw the songs in where she felt the songs ought to go and pick the songs. That that takes some work, honestly. (laughs) I was being honest, as honest as I could. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, it was like a psychology session. And, you know, you just have to be honest with yourself. Absolutely. How do you choose a director to direct your own show? You know, the first time I didn't choose it, I, I, well, I did. I went out and asked for suggestions. And I called my good friend, Rebecca Ungerman, and I said, who would you recommend? And the first person off the top of her head, of course, was Michelle Dell at TU. And she was more than willing to throw this together because she'd never done anything like this before herself either. We just clicked. We just absolutely clicked on that one. And now you have a music director. I've worked with Jim for probably, oh, since the late 80s or the 90s. He's been rehearsal pianist for many, many musicals I've been in. And fortunately, he loves the genre of music that I love, the American Songbook. I picked up the phone and I just called him and I said, would you be interested in doing this project? And didn't even hesitate. Absolutely. Jim is the kind of person that you can come and tune to or suggest a recording that someone else has covered on a song and he'll duplicate an arrangement or put together a medley that no one's ever heard of before. It's, he's just a phenomenal musician. Did you come to him with a basket of ideas already or did you all design it together? You know, the, the second... I guess the second and third show, what he recommended when we started talking about it is he recommended making three columns of tunes. He said, make a column of tunes that you absolutely have to sing in this show. Make another column that if you had an alternate, you'd put it in this column. And then the third column was, well, maybe if I'll do another show, we can do these. And so we started choosing tunes, and believe it or not, for the show, we picked an equal number from almost every column, because by the time we looked at the lyrics and how they fit into the flow of the story, we needed songs that had a specific kind of a lyric or a specific beat or a specific tempo, and we ended up picking songs from all three columns. How long a process is that? Oh, Lord. The rehearsal was actually maybe about four weeks. Mm-hmm. Two or three hours a day for two days, you know, very light. But we started the concept probably 90 days out. And just sat down and crafted it. Yeah, and just basically said, okay, here's what we're doing. And we threw this song out. We put this song in. And then even into the rehearsal process, we'd come across something that didn't work. And we'd go, let's go back to the drawing board and look at another tune. I was going to ask if you had any songs that you were attached to that you had to let go of. Yeah, there were. And I'll do them in the next show. Okay, We'll find room for them when we do another show. And there is one tune that I, I have wanted to do for, I've done three cabarets, and there's been one tune that I have always been on the first list, and I still haven't done it. Oh my gosh, what's the song? It's called... What is it called? 
No, it's called Old Friend. It's from I'm Getting My Act Together and, and taking, taking It, it on, on the road. road. It wouldn't fit in the context of the shows you've done already, but have you got an idea for another cabaret? Uh, yeah. You want to hear the concept? I'd love to. It's not even, we, we can't use this song, unfortunately. It's called uh, Cocktails with Cole. Cole Porter and Nat King Cole. We're looking at maybe doing one act with Cole Porter tunes and then one act with Nat King Cole tunes or the Nat King Cole style of a Cole Porter tune. Have you considered you maybe bringing Natalie Cole into the picture? Oh, of course. And and we've even considered the duet aspect because, well, as you know, you saw my first cabaret first and we had some slides up there. So what we're considering doing is maybe doing Nat King Cole, Natalie Cole duet and have her on the screen and maybe me singing along with her. Either that or find an old Cole Porter uh, clip from a Cole Porter movie and do a duet with him, you know. Yeah, either way, I mean, you could do both. When you bring in people to sing with you, how do you make those choices? I only did that with the first one. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to, the storyline evolved youth and finding, uh, it was a story about Jason Groff when he was 18 years old and how he came in and stole a show at the last minute. And I, I was honoring three young women who I had just performed with in a couple of shows who were in their early 20s, and I wanted to showcase them and give them an opportunity to be part of a cabaret. And you're doing that again at the Equality Center show. Doing that this week, next weekend at the Equality Center, and we have age ranges from, like I said, 15 to 65. So I have three dynamic young people that are in the show, giving them a chance to start their stuff. What a great opportunity for them, and what a cool thing that you do that. Well, thank you. These kids do three, four, five shows a year, musicals. But if they ever have the opportunity, I recommended to the staff over at the Equality Center, I said, you know what you guys need to do? There is so much talent in this town, and young talent to boot, that you guys just need to turn one Saturday night a month into the, quote, rainbow room. And you can make up a name, whatever you want to call it. Oh, I think that's turn, perfect. Turn the new theater into a venue so that these folks can showcase their talent and have it in a cabaret style, have the bar open, and just let them produce their own show. That's a fantastic idea. I'm sure that'll happen because it's just there's not much like that going on. There's not. And, you know, maybe maybe that's where I shift gears. You know, you shift out of performing and into the producing mode. Maybe there's a way I can help these kids put their shows together. I could see you being a producer who also still performs because that seems like it would be such a perfect fit. You're such an encourager. I think the combination would be dynamite. Well, I think it, I think it's something to, to look into. Yeah. We'll see how next weekend goes and, and uh, go from there. I predict a smashing success. Great. <laughs> well, on those lines, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's getting their career started and singing in a cabaret or maybe who wants to produce a cabaret of their own? My goodness. You know, I, I think, and it, it, I know this sounds trite, just be your authentic self. Pick tunes that reflect who you are, pick stories that tell who you are, and just be your authentic self. As a performer, and I don't know whether you've been there or not, but there's what we call the imposter syndrome. Always, <laughs> am I good enough? I live there, is Pat. My audience, <laughs> is my audience going to like me? And you, you come off stage and you've, you've, you've gone flat on a note or you've missed a dance combination and you're, oh, I didn't get 100%. Mm -hmm. Now... I've given myself, and this is just age probably, but I've given myself permission to not be 100% and 
And when I did that, that happened over Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I was performing and something something just clicked in my head and I said, okay, I'm not going to be perfect tonight. And I hit it 100% that night. <laughs> I did make some mistakes. I did make a couple of mistakes. We all do. Mm-hmm. We're never going to perform perfectly. But I was so content. I walked out of there going, I couldn't have done this any better. And the same thing happens with auditions. If you, if you go into that mindset and give yourself permission not to fail, but give yourself permission to make a couple of mistakes, you're going to knock it out of the ballpark. I think that authenticity carries so much more weight than technical perfection. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just, to me, it's just a maturity thing, you know? Yeah. I think that's what sets some of the younger actors apart is the ones who learn that early. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. And I don't know where they get it from. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's the way they're raised or whatever. But, but some of these kids that are just, they got you right in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. And they're so confident, but at the same time, they're so willing to be emotionally naked up there on a stage with a live audience. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That is such good, good information, Pat. I could talk to you all day, but I know you have an appointment that you need to get to. I do, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time to talk with me. I really enjoy this time. You know, once you plant a seed, and I know I said something earlier in the conversation about the Rainbow Room, I've placed it out there in the universe by saying this. So now it's got to happen. I'd come back and bring a bunch of friends to see a show. I have a new website. It's wpathobs.com. There are some audio clips. There are some video clips and some films. And it's on my new website, wpathobs.com. So go out there and take a look at it. For those of you who are listening, you'll be able to find it on the show notes. So be sure and read the blog and look at the show notes because we'll have Patrick's information. And Pat, you're a doll. Thank you. Well, good talking to you. You my too. Best Time now for concise advice from the interview. A short version of tips from Cabaret King Pat Hobbs. Here are five important bits of advice. Number five. When deciding on songs for your cabaret show, make a list with three columns. Column one is songs you absolutely have to sing. Column two is your alternate numbers, and column three is songs you love that you might have to save for a later show. Number four, let an audience see your authentic self. Number three, share your experience by mentoring the next generation of performers. Number two, give yourself permission to make mistakes. You'll be surprised how much better you perform when you're not worried about being perfect. And the number one piece of advice from Pat Hobbs, Cabaret King, live in gratitude. That's it for concise advice from the interview. Check out the blog, sallypal.com, for articles and podcast episodes. You can be a part of the momentum that's building. Sign up for a free Creator's Notebook insert at sallypal.com join. Thank you for following, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, joining, and thank you for listening. I want you to pursue your dream to have your work on the stage in front of a live audience. It can be scary, but Sally Pal is here with resources, encouragement, and a growing community of people like us. I'm Sally. And this is Sally Pal.
The P-A-L in PAL stands for Performing Arts Lab. Now, I have one bit of wisdom from my husband, George, the coolest guy on the planet. George, what's your wisdom for today? If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Well said, George. Well said. Excellent advice indeed. If you're downloading and listening on your drive to work or falling asleep to my gum-flapping jibber-jabber like my sister does, let me know you're out there. I want to help you create original shows for a live audience. All the performances you've seen on stage once lived only in someone's imagination. Now. There's a new dawn, it's a new day, there's a new life for me. downloading and listening to your drive to your drive from your drive in your drive oh my mouth is getting tired